Hey, a good Tuesday morning to you. This is Lunch with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com, our Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube page. As the uh, the Cardinals schedule final finally got to us, Claves, we had to switch some things around in uh, in place of the Cardinals. Yeah, but it was it was all for a good cause. Cardinals are playing today up in uh, Port St. Lucie. There will be no broadcast, so we thought this would be a better day than yesterday when we were going right up against the Cardinals, and we don't want to do that. So we thought today would work, so we are glad everybody's tuned in. Uh, I ran into a couple of people yesterday, Roger Dean, who uh, who check out our podcast, and I reminded them about it today. So uh, we, we hope they're on board and anybody else. And also, Joe, we want to make sure that if you have questions for us and you have comments, you can uh, email us, I mean, uh, here on StreamYard. And uh, we'll try and get to it today. And uh, more importantly, we want to thank all of our participants, our sponsors, uh, certainly Munganast of Alton, Illinois. Uh, I'm driving one of their fine vehicles here in Florida, a nice Highlander. And uh, I got to tell you something. You, I've, I've kind of fallen in love with that that vehicle. I, I like it a lot. Plenty of space. It's got all the bells and whistles to it. And if you're thinking about one, you might want to swing by and check them out because they've got a number of of vehicles available, also a huge used car selection. And believe me, folks, when it comes to being able to do the deal, they can do it any way you need to. They can bring it to you. You can come see them. You can go online. They have everything covered. And one of the great things about doing business with Munganass, and I've done it before, I love the service. I love the fact that they are working with me instead of trying to work against me as far as doing the deal and making sure that when I leave, I'm going to tell somebody, and I'm telling you right now that this is a great place you might want to check out. As I mentioned, I've bought cars from there. Joe, just recently, you just got one from there. And we see a lot of other people. And if you're thinking about renting, that's another good spot. Another good spot to go check out the vehicles they have that are available for rental as well. And as we've talked before, graduation is just around the corner for some of those youngsters in your family. And they're going to need a vehicle because you don't want to be a a full-time Uber driver. So maybe now's the time to start looking at something that they might be interested in. And remember, they have no say so on what you pick because you're paying. So they may want this and that. No, you're paying. And there's some great used cars over there. So go by and check out our friends from Munganass. And of course, we're powered by Ameren, Illinois. And where will we be without our good friend, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert who we're going to visit with a little later because while he does the best deals and when it comes to purchasing a home, Ryan is so community committed and he's got a new project that we're going to talk to him about a little later in the show. Yeah. AltonToyota.com is where you can go to get the uh, information on renting a car. Hey, the, the whole country is opening back up. Uh, stuff is there as, as people start to get the vaccine. I just got my first shot yesterday. Uh, things are starting to open. It's time to start planning stuff and any road trips you have. Alton Toyota. Dot com. Uh, the Cardinals did announce last week 32% capacity for opening day. Uh, that That's roughly around 15,000 uh, fans. The White Sox and the Cubs, the city of Chicago, announced yesterday they will allow 20% of fans. So with that announcement, all teams, uh, the 29 teams that will be playing at their home stadiums to start the season – We'll all have fans in the crowd as uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to stay down in Florida for the uh, at least the first month or two of the season before they are allowed to uh, before travel is allowed back in Canada. So it will. Um, how has it been so far to call these games and to to do the stuff on KMOX with fans in the stands? Something that it's been a year since you guys got to do. You know that's a good question. I've been asked that question before. It's a little odd, but it's welcoming. Uh, the fans have not been as vocal because I think they're, they're trying to get acclimated to to being in a ballpark again. Uh, and they're spread out. I mean, they're in pods of twos and fours. And uh, it, it's one of those deals where um, you don't get a lot of energy, but the energy that's in the ballpark, I, I think you certainly notice it's better than the piped in noise that we had last year. And that was the best we could do. But overall, you, you're starting to see them really embrace what their role is at the ballpark. Uh, you know, I sat in the stands yesterday for a few innings and it's always interesting when you have people who sit around you and they're either explaining the game to someone else like a kid or there's some other baseball <laughs> conversation going on and you just kind of look around and you want to say, well, that's not quite what they're doing, but okay, you know, you're paying attention. So that's a good start. 
I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you're you're just sitting there and you don't want to jump in. You don't no, want no. to. Uh, you don't want to jump in on mine. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's what I've said. I've had uh, I've had those issues at the at the gym when there's people that are sitting around and they're having their conversations and everything. And I have somebody that'll walk by and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, what they're saying over there isn't quite true. If you want to go correct them." And I said, "If I was over there correcting them for everything they said that was wrong." I'd be pulling up a chair and sitting with them I, all morning. I, yeah. So or, or moving in with them. Uh, you know, that, that's why I don't go to Super Bowl parties. I haven't been to a Super Bowl party in at least 30, 35 years. Because when I would go, you would get with a group of people and somebody would make an incorrect statement. And you, you kind of want to subtly correct them. And then it's like, oh, Mr. Know-it-all. So, yeah, you're right. I do know more than you. So I'm going to go home and watch it so I have a tradition I think I've had over the years, other than my then wife, maybe four people that I've actually sat and watched a game with. I've done it here in Florida. Um, but other than that, I don't do it for that very reason. Um, you know, because I want them to have fun. I, I want them to be more right, but you know, it, it is what it is. But in answer to your original question, it is different. Uh, I think the players are starting to feel it as well. Uh, as fans call out their names and they hear the ovations for them. Uh, so it, it's an adjustment period, though. Yeah, the uh, the story that you tell there, it reminds me of some of the other stories that you can uh, you can watch, you can listen to right now. Our newest podcast that's up on the uh, website right now is uh, Mike Claiborne and Tim McKernan for an hour and 40 minutes. You two, uh, <laughs> good Lord, you guys talk for a long time. But the uh, the stories, I mean, it's going to fly by. As I, I was, I listened to most of it yesterday, and I know that I've heard the name Bob Highland quite a bit, uh, working with you and just being in radio in St. Louis for the past 11 plus years. And I've heard that name a lot, but some of the stories that you tell of, uh, of him being one of your first bosses in radio, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the, uh, the Willie McGee story you had with him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to just tell people to listen to the podcast and they can hear that story told. Uh, but I, you know what? He he was an incredible person, but I would suggest to people uh, that they should check, check it out. Uh, Tim and I, we did this two years ago at his place. And I said, hey, you know, we ought to do this again. And we were playing golf one day and I said, all right, we're going to do it. Because we were trying to do it last year with Dan McLaughlin. But the schedules just didn't mesh. And then when the pandemic struck, you know, everybody kind of went their different direction. But uh, it was one of those moments where we had a great time. And, and you know, I consider Tim a, a very good friend over the years. And to watch him ascend in his business and, and us having fun, it was it was a great visit. And uh, I, I would suggest that people listen to where we think all this is headed as far as how you get your, your, your sports, your information and everything else. So uh, I would say, yeah, check it out. The Make full sure video is up on, in, uh, is up on our website on clavesonline.com part one. And then if you just want to listen to the audio, only the podcast version that is up on Tim's website. If you search the Tim McKernan podcast or the Tim McKernan show, and then part two of the audio version is up on clavesonline.com. So we have it uh, split up for uh, everybody to go check out both websites and uh, listen to uh, listen to that. And, and, you know, the video portion of it, you guys get to see the interaction of that. And that's one thing I've really enjoyed doing with, with this and kind of bringing, as you as you bring up in there, kind of bringing that streaming radio, that, that video radio, which I, I mean, would you say Mike and Mike were probably the first two? that started that back in the day when they were on yeah. ESPN two mm-hmm. and they brought that radio show to life and Dan Patrick's I, one of my favorite, you know, he's done that for years. And I think this past year, you know, as we embark, I mean, we're going to, you know, 12 months, I mean, 52 weeks since the world shut down the, the stuff, you know, never knew this website existed <laughs> 12 no, months right. ago. Didn't know this no. website existed 10 months ago that we're bringing this to you every week on. Now, you mentioned something to me the other day that we've posted more than 500 uh, yeah. items on the site. Now, you think about that. That's more than one a day. And uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun with that. And it's been fun. You mentioned Dan P- Dan, P- uh, Dan Patrick. His real name is Daniel Patrick Pugh. He played at Dayton uh, on an intramural team. He didn't make he couldn't play for Dayton, but but Pugh could stroke it. And I had a buddy of mine I went to high school with who was on that same team and said he could really play. So let me tell you a quick Dan Patrick story. 
He's doing basketball games for ESPN. And they have a Friday night game here in St. Louis at the old Keel Auditorium. It's long gone. It's where the uh, Enterprise Center is now. And during a timeout, the Billikens had a coach named John Mulroy. He was an assistant coach. He coached at the University of Detroit. So Mulroy was watching the replay or watching the huddle of the other team. I can't remember who the team was. And Mulroy was watching them diagram a play. And Pew looks up and sees him, you know, figuring out what's going on. And Pew rats him out on the air. <laughs> it was and Mulroy got in trouble for it. Really? He got in trouble for it. I mean, he didn't get fired or anything, but it was really a big topic of discussion. And but really uh, just to get in trouble for that. I mean, if you're if you're that, you know, just out there with diagramming a play that the other coach on the other bench could see it. Uh, that's Yeah, but no, but the thing is they had a camera in the huddle. And you, you and I, as fans, oh, so he's watching it. the monitor. Exactly. So he, oh, yeah. I thought he was just yeah. looking. Okay. No, he was like watching the monitor, <laughs> and uh, it was it was something. So we used to get uh, Dan on the show. He has a sister that lives in St. Louis. I think she still lives there, so she would listen all the time. Uh, and I think he what he's done with his show, and you talk about Mike and Mike has really give created the impetus for everybody else to try and move forward. Uh, with regard to how these shows work. And uh, I tip my cap to him. I, I think he's always been one of the best in the business. Uh, and I remember when he started at CNN, right? And so CNN had the best highlight show. Uh, CNN with Nick Charles and Fred Hickman. Uh, and I knew Fred and I got to know Nick over the over the course of time. Maybe Nick Charles, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. God rest his soul. He, he's one of Frank Cusimano's idols. Frank idolized this guy. So anyway, uh, Patrick was an up and comer. So he takes the job at ESPN. And the first night that he's on, he's on with Chris Berman and something. He stumbled through something. He was trying to be kind of a wise guy to Chris. And he said, well, you know, you can always go back to Nick and Fred. Just like that. I mean, he just rolled it right off, man. And hence the career started with him at ESPN. Then he worked with Keith Oberman, which might have been the best combination ESPN had for a while. Uh, But he's been a real trailblazer in this business and uh and what he was able to do but yeah he could stroke it man they say he could, he was shooting threes before threes were popular and he was a very good golfer at the time because he'd come to st louis and play quite a bit because he would do his show out of our studio from time to time so let me before uh we're, we're going to stay on this topic for a little bit here i got a few other things but uh you said oberman patrick so if you who do you pick between oberman and patrick or Stuart scott and rich eisen which one was the uh which one oh that's a good one <sighs> Man, you know, I, I think the key was the, the the creative writing by all four of them really is what made it. Man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Tony Larusa route, tied for first. <laughs> Does for anything first. that Keith Olbermann has kind of turned into recently in his career kind of sour that for you? Well, I, I think what's happened. Uh, he's a difficult person to work with, for what I understand. Well educated, went to Brown. And uh, who's the, the the conservative talk show host? She's on one of the uh, she's on Fox. They used to kick it back in the day, and he's they're so complete opposites. You know, he's far to the left, she's far to the right. But um, you can get a very frank opinion about Keith Oberman. He has not endeared himself with a lot of people. Uh, he probably leads the league in most jobs gained and lost. I mean, uh, but he's got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, you you take his politics out of it. He's as good as anybody. Uh, very creative. Uh, but, man, you know, that's a great question you pose as far as great combinations. Um, and, you know, because the they're so inconsistent now on who's on and when they're on, it's hard to really. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell you one single sports center anchor. I, I could not yeah. sit there and tell you. I couldn't even tell you if the show's on. Right. I mean, do yeah. they still do the six o'clock show? I mean, they have so many of just the 30 minute or the yeah, one hour I think talk they shows do. that just kind of rotate. And that's their schedule now when it's more talking heads, talking topics, which brings up Skip Bayless <laughs> and what uh, what he he's did. got pictures, man. He's got to have pictures. What, was it four years? Thirty two million dollars yeah. is what Fox is giving him. For about a hundred thousand people tuning in a day, which is not a good number, Richard Dice is one of. I mean, oh, Richard he just, Dice does he just tortures him. 
he, he just does not like that man at all. And I can understand but, why. You, you know, here's what I would say about Skip Bayless. And, and I've known Skip Bayless. I remember when Skip Bayless was uh, – well, I've known him for a long time when he was in Texas. But but here's the thing about him. Love him or, or not like him. Uh, he gets a job done because he creates conversation. But the problem is for him, he's kind of an irrelevant person. I mean, his shtick doesn't really work anymore. You know how he goes after LeBron and, you know, and I, I think Stephen A helped make him more than anything else. And they were trying to get those two back together. But Skip Bayless is a guy I never watch. Uh, I've seen it all. And I've heard it all. And I have no interest in And He may say something that's relevant. I don't know. I, I doubt it. But that's just somebody I just turned the page on. But there's some people who can't get enough of throwing things at the TV because of them. And some people want to be known for that. I'd rather utilize my energy in a more positive manner and find somebody who I find that I can relate to a little bit better. So for him to get that money, then kudos to him. That means that somebody has it, which means maybe somebody else can get some, too. I will tell you this at Super Bowls when they are broadcasting live, when they're doing the show. And this is when he was on ESPN. This was mm-hmm. when he was on Fox. They would have a big, huge structure set up somewhere in that town. It wasn't on Radio Row. It was off site, right. sometimes right across the street, other times in a different, more popular part of the town. And the line of people that would be there to wait for them, most of them wearing Cowboys jerseys. I'll point that out, that mm-hmm. most of them, and the Cowboys have never been to a Super Bowl that I've been in, so that just tells you how well those uh, fans travel. But the uh, the amount of Cowboys fans or just regular people that would be sitting out there waiting to just see a glimpse of him, I think tells you why he keeps getting contracts. The amount of money he gets, though, that's a different story, but... Yeah. They did. Uh, I saw this on Awful Announcing today. I was looking for the uh, story as we were talking. There is an idea that Fox Sports has come up with for a new Skip Bayless afternoon show. It will be called. It will be a Judge Judy style sports debate show with Skip Bayless as the judge. I think they should just name it. Skip it. Move on. It's interesting that everybody wants an afternoon show now. The Bayless you know- bailiff. Would that be the uh, the name of that? Uh... I, I'm just going to call it Skip It because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> All right, let's something else. Hey, uh, we 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 said we have Ryan Kelly coming up in about ten minutes. I, I want to. Uh, we have a lot of stuff we need to get to. But as we started here, Claves John Mozalek was talking to the uh, talking to the media in a Zoom press conference, and kind of some interesting news coming out of uh, out of that, and even before. The Cardinals have announced that they will use GSE Credit Union Ballpark in Sauge, which is yeah. the home of the Gateway Grizzlies. They will be using that as an alternative training site in 2021. So they, uh, the Cardinals are open to a possibility of hosting games at the alternate site that because they don't want to have three-hour bus rides back and forth from Springfield to St. Louis. For that, uh, that, so they are possibly going to be using the GCS Park or Bush Stadium when the Cardinals are on the road, and that's where the alternative players will be this year. So does that mean no – I mean, how is that going to work with – is there going to be AAA alternative site then? The uh, I think that's still to be determined, I guess. I think that that, that probably will come out. But I, I when, this, when they start talking about alternative sites, that was the first thing I thought of. And because – I think that's a grass field compared to T.R. Hughes Stadium, which I think went to a turf field a couple of years ago. Uh, but I thought that was the most logical thing to do. Uh, it saves on expenses. It saves on travel. You can keep an eye on your players a lot better. Uh, I just think it's a perfect scenario for the Cardinals at this stage. Now, as you mentioned, I think the next page of this is, you know, how is this going to work later? And I think that's something they're obviously they have on the board to probably figure out. But uh, I think it's a good idea just just to keep these guys active. I mean, you know, some of these guys, uh, Joe, have gone a whole year without any real competitive activity other than going through drills. So they've got to put themselves in a position to create more development. Uh, Think about a guy like Nolan Gorman or, or Libertor. 
you know, they're 20 years old, 21 years old. So they've got a lot more in front of them. But man, this is a critical time for them to be able to take that next step. And the better organized you are where they can play, they've got to play, but they also need instruction. Uh, I think it's I think it's ideal for them right now. Those are the two names I was going to bring up that you're seeing all of these prospect ratings. You're seeing all these pipeline uh, top 100 lists as we start the season. It is impossible to figure out where a player like that or how mm -hmm. to rise, how, how a player should rise and fall when they didn't play a single game all of last year. Uh, they, right. they had they had no competitive outings for a year and yet we're moving guys up and down on the pipeline charts and telling you who's a, who's a top prospect when we have no idea how any of these guys have improved their game or what could have fallen off over the past, uh, past year. Derek Gould has an article about it in the, uh, in the post dispatch right now. He, uh, he wrote it up quickly. So they're saying as many as 28 players can be assigned to the alternative site, the triple a season, um, it says here that it's been – I'm looking here to see it might have been delayed or it might be getting delayed. It, it probably will be. Yeah. Yeah. So the workouts will be organized and run by the Cardinals AAA staff before they head to Memphis. Uh, they, The Cardinals and all teams in baseball will be allowed to take as many as five players from the taxi squad with them on opening day. So what are we are we still set at 26? players for the start yeah, of the so year you have 31 guys you'll have so, you'll travel yeah. yeah so cincinnati and miami to start the season there'll be 31 guys with the uh with the club for uh for that so there uh the Grizzlies schedule is set to start in late may so there won't be any kind of overlap there so all right maybe maybe it's a way to sell more tickets too maybe you have some alternative games there and you bring another yeah. 14 on 14 and bring in some fans pay five bucks and watch a five inning scrimmage game and where the coaches just kind of throw pitchers however much they want, which brings me to the, the big question mark right now at spring training that I've been seeing. You're, you're seeing it in person. You're watching all the games. So you give me a better idea. Adam Wainwright's the only pitcher that could make it out of a first inning of a ball game right now. What the hell's going on? Well, I, I think there's a couple of things that are happening. One, you, you've got some guys that are trying to work through some things. I, I never put a lot of stock in that first outing because normally guys are either pumping fastballs or working on different things and, and really just trying to get a reaction of what the hitters are trying to do when they see certain pitches. Uh, I, I, I look at the next round for these pitchers to be one I'm going to pay a little closer attention to only to see if they made adjustments. The third time around is when you want to really kind of bear down a little bit more and, and you want to see good hitters. And then that fourth opportunity, if you get one, is the one that says, all right, this is this is how I'm going to start the season off. Um, I, I'm not overly concerned. And, and the reason I say that is because with KK, he's an experienced pitcher. He's just working through some mechanical issues, in my opinion. And I know he said his velocity was down in his first outing. But I think that had a lot to do with his mechanics being off. And he he admitted that his mechanics weren't where they needed to be. And for a guy who doesn't throw ultra hard, he has to be a mechanically driven pitcher. He also has to maintain good balance in his delivery. And I think once he finds that happy medium, he'll be fine. Uh, Carlos just got off to a bad start. He got squeezed a little bit by the home plate umpire. And then he started to pitch from behind. He made a fielding error that really opened up the gates for him. So I'm anxious to hear what he has a chance to do today. Um, the other guys, you know, John Gant was okay. You know, he 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 had two walks that cost him some runs. But I, I think you have to kind of turn the page and see how they've adjusted between now and, and their previous start. So no, uh, when, so when should we be concerned? If you and I are having this conversation a week from now, and everybody's still blowing up, then maybe we ought to kind of look around. But here's the question. You don't know about Michaelis yet, uh, and these other guys are fighting it. I, th I think I've told you on more than one occasion, I think that you, you have to concern yourself with the fourth and fifth starters, which means you're going to elevate some guys who you had penciled in to be in your bullpen. I think you have to look at Ponce. You have to look at Reyes. You have to look at uh, John Gant right off the top. So the question is, 
if I'm moving those guys where they're going to get more starter-like innings, who's going to replace them in the bullpen? And I think that's a key question we have to get resolved before we leave here. Uh, does this mean a Zach Thompson gets a shot? Uh, you know, there's some other guys that we've seen throw that you said, eh, you know, maybe, maybe they might be all right. But the bottom line is here, Joe, we don't have enough young guys who are throwing strikes. All right. That, that's that been the biggest bugaboo in, in this early spring training. The young guys aren't throwing enough strikes. Now, is it nerves? Is it lack of experience? Is it trying to work on some things? Is it they're facing better hitters who are making them throw strikes? There's a lot of things that go into it, but we need to see an ascension from them. We need to see improvement from them in order to make sure this bullpen doesn't burn up and the starters are overused because I really think two of the guys, if not three guys that we thought would be in the bullpen will be part of the starting rotation. We uh, we might have to hold off maybe another week. I don't know if it's still too early yet to talk about Matt Carpenter and what he's been doing at the plate so far in spring training. Well, uh, it's yeah, we not can. good. It's no, not it's good. Not. Um, I've seen nothing different than last year, and, and that's that's unfortunate. Now it is, especially when he sits there and he talks about it. He goes, you know, home for the off season. He works on this and that, and. And then when you see it in a game, you you see nothing different. A guy like Harrison yeah. Bader, that his stance and his approach seems very different. Yeah, you're so right. Far, which I, hopefully it continues. Hopefully he carries that into the season, and nobody gets in his ear or he doesn't get in his own head and and change it up. But if you're not seeing anything different with Matt Carpenter, that's that's a concern. It is a concern, and it's a concern for a couple of reasons. One, you, you want to give him every opportunity. Okay, you, you, you're trying. But we didn't see it last year. We didn't see it the year before. We saw one month, maybe five weeks, that he really got hot, and then he regressed. And we're at a point now where the bigger issue here is the Cardinals don't have much left-handed experience from the from the left side batting-wise. You have Tommy Edmond, who's a switch hitter. Dylan Carlson's a switch hitter. So combined, they have, what, about a year and a half worth of major league time, if that much? Then you have Justin Williams, who has even less time as an individual. So you don't have anybody else. There's nobody within sight of this organization that's left-handed that can hit uh, at a major league level. So if Carpenter doesn't do it, that means you got to do something with him. And then you better go find a left-handed bat because if you don't, we're so right-handed driven, teams are going to chew us up. Well, you've got to have a left-handed bat just to create a little balance there. You have to. Three weeks from Thursday, Cardinals will be in Cincinnati for the season opener on April first. For uh, for that, so we got three weeks to figure all of uh, all of this out. Hey, Amron, Illinois. We are powered by them here on ClavesOnline.com. Energy savings made easy, and you may qualify for a free smart thermostat, a one hundred and sixty-nine dollar value. Give them a call today at 866-251-2531 or go online to AmarinIllinoisSmartSavers.com to help your community save energy. Amarin, Illinois is providing thousands of smart thermostats to customers in select zip codes. If your home qualifies, you'll receive a new smart thermostat at no cost to you. Plus, you can install it and activate it yourself to earn a $25 e-gift card. Start saving today. That's 866-251-2531 or visit AmarinIllinoisSmartSavers.com to claim your free smart thermostats. I have uh, I have one sitting right here in the, uh, right right over uh, yeah, you my, like my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, like we it. like that. And like the, uh, hey, you know what? I, I say, I've said this before. Go to their website, see what kind of deals they're always working on year round because uh, they, they had another energy saving kit that we got a few months ago that had all kinds of, uh, of goodies in it. And we got it for free. It's, you know, we, we, we went on there and we, uh, we signed up for all of those updates and we got that for, uh, we got that for free and have been using many of the items around the uh, house. We, uh, Ryan Kelly should be popping on here any minute, we, uh, we assume, and we will talk to the home loan expert when he does. Uh, Blues out west, they are uh, still out west. They still have uh, the uh, Golden Knights to, uh, to come, but uh, two losses in a row, the, uh, the past two games after a four-game winning streak, 
they still they lost it overtime. They still got the point last night. I think the important thing is that Vladimir Tarasenko is back, and he's. It's going to take him a while. I, you think about it. This might be the healthiest that he's been in over a year because he wasn't healthy when he came back last year when they started the playoffs in uh, in Edmonton. He wasn't healthy then. It showed. They shut him down really fast. And before that, I, you figure out when he played before then. It's been a long, long time since number 91's been healthy. No, you're right. And, and I think that that's something that you're. we have to give time to. I think he'll snap back quicker than you think, though. I mean, he's a pretty good player. Uh, and he's gone through the drills, and I, he knows his body better than anyone else. I think it's more of a, a, a game timing issue for him than anything else. Uh, but with that said, this is a team that, to me, is is just – I know they have injuries, but I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, and, and I say that because there's some guys who have been getting some quality ice time and because of all the injuries, and it, we're not getting enough productivity. And you're not playing 60 minutes of hockey. I mean, that's the oldest term in the book. But, you know, you're seeing you're squandering leads. You're losing the teams. You know, San Jose is not very good, okay? They got good players, but they're just not a good team yet. And, you know, if it wasn't for the Ducks and the Sharks, I don't know where the Blues would be right now because they're having a hard time beating everybody else. And, and, they, and you, then you lose to San Jose uh, in overtime, and a game that should have never went to overtime. So they've got to figure it out and, and quit thinking that when everybody shows up, all we have to do is just throw our sticks and gloves on the ice and we'll be the St. Louis Blues of 2019. I don't think it works that way. I uh, I couldn't figure out. I couldn't decipher from your uh, tweet last night. Were you a fan of the Kyle Clifford uh, fight? Well, now here's what I was. I, yeah, I was a fan of it. But you know what? I, I, when I hear people say, we got a heavyweight bout. Okay, they're over 200 pounds, but I didn't see much real action, okay? Because fighting has changed in the National Hockey League where guys look – the first thing they do is look to grab right here, you know, right here, and try to hold a guy at arms bay, all right? I get that. Then it becomes a wrestling match. And what disappoints me, these guys as fighters are better skaters than most of the guys who really could fight. And, you know, if you're a good skater, you got a good chance to do some damage. But these guys just grab and they hold. Uh, you very seldom see guys really have a difference. And I guess the way we judge on whether you want or not is if you can flip a guy and make him hit the ice before you. So that was my disappointment. I think being a fighter or being an enforcer or whatever you want to call them in the National Hockey League is the hardest job in sports, period. There's nothing harder than what these guys do night in, night out. Now, there may be some skill issues that may be harder. Some people say hitting a, hitting a baseball or driving a golf ball. But I think from a physical request, a physical demand, there's nothing harder than being uh, an enforcer in the National Hockey League. And I'm glad that the Blues have Kyle Clifford because he's a guy that's going to keep you honest, okay? He's, he may be one of the last of the old school guys who understands his role, and he's gonna, he knows what he's there for. And if you want to get cute with Tarasenko or Perron or somebody like that, you have to deal with him. Now, you might win, you might not, but the fact that the gloves come off and there's a good chance in a punch-me-in-the-face contest you might finish third, that that's always should be in the back of your mind because Clifford can handle himself. All right. All right. Hey, so, uh, yeah, tonight's, uh, the Vegas is up next. The Blue, So the Blues are second right now in the Honda West Division in the uh, in the NHL. Vegas is first. The Blues are second. The Blues are one point behind Vegas, but Vegas how many has games in hand? Four games in hand yeah. for uh, for Vegas. The Blues have played a lot more games than the teams that are uh, the few games behind them out west. That could come back and haunt them here if they don't start getting wins against the uh, the Kings and the Sharks and the the you know when they should be getting when they should be getting more points than just that overtime loss. That this might come back and hurt them. I, I agree. I, I think that they squandered some really good opportunities. And, you know, we hear, well, you know, you got a lot of guys hurt. Well, everybody, looking around the league, everybody's hurt. I mean, either you're hurt or you're positive. And, and I think that we have to take into account that while COVID has had an impact, the compressed schedule has had an impact as well as guys not having as much time to recover. And we talk about the Blues, and remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about that schedule 
and going out to the West Coast and the whole nine yards. And we're seeing this long road trip. Uh, there are a lot of factors that come into creating fatigue in some athletes and injuries soon or to follow. So while everybody may have an excuse, everybody has an excuse, if you know what I mean. So your excuse is no different than the San Jose Sharks or the Kings or somebody else who's lost a good player or players. Uh, so you just got to suck it up and play. And I go back to my original point where there's some young players that are getting an opportunity to play. And, and what I think disappoints me is not the young players, but the veteran players who are being counted on more to produce and they're not. And they've got to, they've got to find some, they've got to find a, a spark somewhere. You mentioned the guys uh, being positive. We haven't heard much of, uh, of that lately. We haven't heard many uh, setbacks as, as far as COVID related uh, um, game time decisions or, or however you, the COVID list in hockey and we haven't heard it much in basketball, but then the all-star game this week, a barber possibly exposed two members yeah. of the Philadelphia 76ers. And that cost two of them from, uh, from being in the game. So are we going to hear more stories about that now that we had the all-star game, now that it happened, I didn't think it was a great idea to begin with, but it, it still, it went off. They did the skills competition before, during, whatever they, they made it all into uh into one day. How much of that did you watch? I never miss a skill competition. Never. It's one of my favorite, you know, favorite things. Now the only problem with it, Kevin Harlan has to be part of this all-star weekend. He is the best host of the event from three point to the skill to the dunk contest. And I, I guess because he's been doing it for so long, but yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the things I don't, and I was having dinner somewhere that night. I'm trying to think of where I was, uh, but I didn't miss anything. Oh yeah. I was having dinner at Limoncello. I was sitting there watching the whole thing. Uh, and my significant was like, aren't you ready to go? No, the dunk contest. And she said, <laughs> we, we can get home in time for, all right. If you promise. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoy it, and I know people can be critical of it uh, because of the participants and the fact that they don't know who some of these participants are. I think that's great for the league because they're seeing new faces and new people, and uh, what they do f with it from that point on is always fun to watch. And Zach Levine is a classic example. Nobody heard of Zach Levine before he uh, won the dunk contest a couple of times. And now he's one of the premier players, certainly on the Chicago Bulls. And then he comes back and tries to finish in the three-point shooting contest. Uh, I like the versatility that the NBA is showing. Um, but, you know, you make a point about maybe it wasn't the best idea uh, because if you're going to have an all-star game, Atlanta is where you want to have it because of all the other things that come with it. So it, it was something I think they felt they needed to do. And remember, that's a moneymaker for the Players Association, okay? League doesn't make any money. It's a Players Association event. They, so, yeah, they, they raised money this time yes. for the uh, historically black colleges. Exactly. So I, I didn't have a problem with it. And, and, again, it shows you how proactive this Players Association is compared to some of the other ones. I know the NHLPA does a great job in what they've been able to do off the ice. Um, the other ones, you know, they, they, they try, but I don't know if anybody's as close as what the NBA does. What'd you feel I, about Reggie Miller, uh, calling Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time. That's coming from Reggie Miller. So that's not just anybody else off. the. No, I agree. I, I agree. I, I think he is. I think he is. Um, there's nothing he can't do. Well, I tell you what, we'll get back and talk a little bit more about that because we've got one of our favorite people that's going to join us here and our good buddy, Ryan Kelly. So why don't we get him up and uh, we'll say hello to Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, how are you, sir? The home loan expert. Yes, sir. And thank you, gentlemen, for letting me jump on. And I'll tell you, Stephen Curry's easily in that top five list of all-time best NBA players. He's my son's favorite player, so I'm a little partial. But watching him win that three-point contest. Now, I wish he would have made that shot at the end of the game. You know, <laughs> that would have been a great way to end it all off. Just boom right there. But um, I think... It's also interesting to see the younger generations and the older generations and everybody in between mm -hmm. who they gravitate towards, you know, but uh, you know, favorite players. I'm going to tell you, Ryan, I'm going to tell you why Steph Curry is a popular player <clears throat> because most of us are not seven feet tall or six, eight and 280 pounds and can dunk. Steph Curry is kind of like the average guy's guy because we can relate to him being one of the smaller guys on the court yeah. and he learned how to shoot. 
you know, and, you know, most of us aren't going to dunk, but we can all try to shoot and we can have success with. And I think he's a beacon for young players who, who won't ever grow to be that big or maybe have as much fun. But you know what? Once you start knocking down threes, they better start guarding you. And all of a sudden you become a more important player to your team, no matter what level you're at. Yeah, he's a great role model too. give him that. Yeah, you know, good point. Um, not saying that he's, you know, others aren't, but he's a, he's a great role model. I, I love my son following his content and what he does and all that. And his giving back is, um, I won't say unmatched, but his giving back level is really high. So I think Steph's a great dude. Now, my son loves Jordan too. So he's always fighting with a lot of the guys at my office at the Home Loan Expert office, you know, and they're in that 30-year-old generation. They're Team LeBron all day, you know, and I love <laughs> LeBron James too, but my son, who's influenced by me, is Team Jordan. So when my my nine-year-old comes into the office, he goes right into the pit with the guys and the girls, and he just starts arguing Jordan versus LeBron, Jordan versus LeBron. It was actually pretty cool, though, to see um, Steph Curry on LeBron's team this year, you know, and um, and all that. But you know what? I'm going to leave sports to you guys because you know, everybody's like, why is the home loan expert talking NBA? <laughs> I love the NBA. Well, but hey, I love you, it, man. You, you have all that good as some of the other people. I was going to say, you have all that influence up in Chicago, Ryan, so I may need to talk to you about that retired 91 that I need the uh, the Bulls to do at some point. So that's, Hang it up uh, in the rafters. Get it up need, the 91 needs to be hanging in the rafters in Chicago. Absolutely. Hey, you talk about Steph Curry giving back. You are uh, you are not only the home loan expert in St. Louis, you give back more than anybody in the, in the St. Louis area. So tell us about this new thing that you have coming up, the Keep Climbing Foundation that you guys are uh, you're teasing on the uh, on all the social media accounts. Yeah, we're really excited about that, and thank you for that. Um, we can never give enough. We can never do enough. You know, it's um, one of the things that gives us an advantage in our industry is we don't just grow the business. We don't just continue to put in the seven days a week and all of that for financial reasons by any means. The larger we grow our company, the more dollars and awareness we can raise for children, adults battling life-threatening disease, obstacles in their way of life, whatever that might be. And that's what really motivates us to keep going the way that we go. So it gives us a big leg up there. And we do know we can never give enough. And I mean that. It's um, not just something we talk about. It's we believe it. We breathe it. You know, my loan officers on my team they have to be involved in that way. Big girls, big brothers, big sisters organizations is a big one that we're involved with, with the LOs. Like we're really all in when it comes to giving back at the home loan expert office. And I think our clients love that about us as well. Um, we have so many different partnerships out there. We have all sorts and we wanted to bring it all together. So at the beginning of the year, we launched within our company, our community outreach department. And we have different company, different departments, obviously, in the, in the, at the Home Loan Expert. Um, and this is the only one that doesn't have a P&L. So it's not financially driven by any means. There's no profit and loss on the community outreach. That's just what we do and what we feel is important. And the main project underneath the community outreach department was launching a foundation. We wanted a foundation, a way to collect money as a whole and then distribute it everywhere throughout the year. And we're really excited. We're launching, we're about two weeks away today from launching the Keep Climbing Foundation. And we'll kick it off with our big mountain climb coming up in Alaska in a few months and some other partnerships that we have. But we'll be raising money now under the Keep Climbing Foundation. And then we can spend the days distributing that out to great organizations, to families that need it, to individuals. We'll expand between our strong focus just on the children to young adults, older adults going through life, you know, life changing events where, you know, maybe it's just hard and they need to get over something. They need something. They want to go out in the mountains and climb, whatever that is. Um, so we'll be doing a lot of great stuff. You can go to keepclimbingfoundation.org, keepclimbingfoundation, just keep climbing in life, uh, .org. And you can just put your email address in and then two weeks when it launches, there's a timer right now counting down you'll get a big um, heads up. You'll be the first to know. And we have some great partnerships to come out with right away that we're fully supporting and all that. So the Keep Climbing Foundation underneath is um, funded, started by the Home Loan Expert. We put the cash to get it going, to get it to where it needs to go. And we're really excited. It's a full company thing where we can all work together to help make the world, our markets, just a better place for all. Hey, Ryan, uh, I want to ask you about the business itself for a minute. You've been in this business for a long time. You were a realtor. You now are in the home loan business. 
Um, I know here in Florida, you know, the real estate here is just going through the roof because all the people who are from New York have decided to stay here. Have you ever seen a market this volatile as we're seeing today where rates are low? Uh, homes are, you know, if, you don't, if you're not pre, pre-qualified, you're going to have a hard time finding the home you like. Have you ever seen it like this before? Absolutely not. And I've been in this since 17 years back. So I'll take you to 2003, four leading up to the big crash. We're these unprecedented signs where mortgage interest rates are so low. You know, when you can get pre-approved for a home loan in the twos, you have so much more buying power. You can buy more home. You can take on a larger purchase for a smaller payment. And people have been in their homes a lot over the last year. So you have all that pent up demand, people thinking that we need more space. I need a home office now. I need other things. We need to, I don't have to go to the office anymore. So I don't have to live here. I can move here. So we have these really low rates. A lot of volume still sitting on the shelf from last year. And then this new pocket of people just ready to get something different. And we're seeing we're in 18 different markets and all of the markets are, you have to be pre-approved. You have to be prepared to pay full price. And some of our markets, you have to be prepared to buy a house without seeing it. Like legit, just here's a picture. Mm. It's in the neighborhood you want. It's going to go on for 265. It'll probably go to 325. You're going to need to get an offer in before you even go to the house. So like that's Austin, that's Denver, that's Phoenix, you know, and Gilbert, Arizona, and some of those markets, they're even seeing that. So if you're one of those folks out there that are thinking it's time to buy, it's time to move. First bit of advice, get pre-approved, work with a strong mortgage lender that has the tech, the tools, and will guide you through that process. Um, the second thing is find a strong realtor because most of the transactions that are happening right now aren't even making it to Zillow. They're not making it to realtor.com. They are selling instantly, meaning a realtor comes into his or her office and says, I just signed a listing in this neighborhood. And it's like, Boom, I have a buyer, I have a buyer, I have a buyer. Don't do anything, I have a buyer. So like, they're not even getting out there. So don't rely on your Zillow, your realtor.com. Get a good agent, get pre-approved and get ready to move fast when you find the right house. You can get pre-approved for your mortgage at thehomeloanexpert.com. We will guide you through that process. We'll give you good information and help you to make sure you have all the tools and a leg up on the competition so you don't miss the home of your dreams. Sounds like a plan. I may have to talk to you, man. I'm I'm kind of liking Florida even more these days. How so. can you leave, man? How, how can you leave there? It's- I know. So yeah, it, it, it's something, folks. You got to take pay attention to at this point. I mean, the market is just so it's so hot, and you can get a good deal, but you have to have the right people in place. And Ryan Kelly and what you do with your crew, uh, that's a great teammate to have, folks. If you are looking around or even thinking about it. And Ryan, how many times have you run across situations where a guy hears you talking and he says something to the wife or the significant and she had it in the back of her mind. But once you hear about all the things that come with it, you say, well, you know, maybe we ought to take a look at it and just see where we stand. No, you're exactly right. I hear it all the time. And then the momentum picks up fast. Mm-hmm. So be ready, be prepared and work with strong people. I'm going to try to make it down to a spring training next week to a game. And I'm going to let you know when I'm going to be there. And I'll uh, be I'll here hook up with you in person. We will make it happen. We will make it you happen. Will. Guys, thank you so much, it. Joe. Thanks for setting this up. Thanks for getting me on. I'm kind of in a weird hair mode where I'm not quite where Joe Roderick is yet. I'm like, Nobody's look at this guy, man. He's kind of good there. Oh man. So I don't know what to do. I just, I I'm out of this conversation. I'm out. I, I've got nothing to contribute in this Go back conversation. Go to talking about Stephen Curry and some of that. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen, for letting me jump on. It's Thank you, man. A and um, let's go um, see you in spring training next week. All right. Give me a holler. I'll be here. He's Ryan Kelly, folks, the home loan expert. And uh, Joe, you mentioned when you talked to him initially um, and what, how big he is community-wise and how community-driven he is. And, and this goes on in, in other markets, too. I mean, he is really committed, yeah. uh, and uh, we're glad to have him be part of what we do as well. Absolutely. That's the thing. He's, he is the home loan expert all over the place. He mentioned the, uh, the markets, those other markets, and uh, we mentioned Chicago. I mean, he's doing it everywhere, and he's, he's a big deal everywhere for what he's doing with the uh, community. Hey, before we get off the uh, NBA stuff, did you uh, did you watch what Shaq did in the wrestling ring last week? I, I sent you the clip. But I, I, I saw it. Everywhere. Yeah, no, I saw it. Uh, you know what? I I'm amused by him. He he. You know what? He reads his lines really well. Okay, I mean, and, and I'm surprised that he hasn't been involved in wrestling before now. 
Uh, and I think you'll probably see him again at some point, but he's oh, yeah. such a busy guy. Uh, but you know, it's fun. I mean, you know, it. And, and if you look over the history of wrestling, we've always had athletes cross over and get involved. Mostly they were football players that got involved with uh, wrestling. And a lot of guys, that's how they made money in the offseason. They wrestled. So for him to do it, you don't see many NBA guys do it, but he's Shaq, and I think there's Shaq, and then there's the rest of the NBA. They made him. Uh, they made him look good for how big he yes. is. They use that. Uh, and he is you know, massive. Hey, to man. go through to go through two tables was uh that's that takes a lot of guts to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much padding is underneath. Hey, um, brackets on Sunday. We'll find out the field of sixty-eight. Every game is taking place in the state of Indiana. Illinois gets a one seed, I think, if they win the Big Ten championship. They should have a one seed anyway. Ah, I just, I mean, giving Michigan and Illinois a one seed. Well, yeah, I got news for you. Illinois gets it before Michigan. I think it comes down to which one of those two teams wins the conference tournament this week. I think Illinois is a one no matter what. I mean, I think they've proven their worth this year. If Michigan Um, comes back and beats them in the championship game, that I mean, the day of the brackets being announced, that's going to carry so much weight. It may, and and, and again, because of everything else that's going on in the world, uh, it, it's going to have an impact. You know, I'm thinking like I look at Duke, and you know, I mean, when was the last time St. Louis U and Duke were not in the tournament at the same time? Right, all Can of you them. remember I mean, that? all those teams. Like you're you're talking. I mean, you you and, could run the list. Yeah, I mean, and and. You look at some of these programs uh, that have struggled, and again, some of them are going to talk about COVID. I get it, and and, every, and here's the thing that we really need to take into account: COVID affects everyone differently. You know, we've seen some guys with COVID fog that just didn't recover as well, and they weren't as productive. And, and I think St. Louis, you could lay claim there've been some guys who weren't as good. Throw in the fact you run against better competition. Uh, which leads me to tell everybody, if you really want to have a good team, go get a better non-conference schedule so you'll be better prepared. Uh, but I think the bracket, so it'll be interesting to see how this thing unfolds. I just don't, you know, I know Gonzaga's number one. They just don't show me. I mean, they, they're a good team, but I don't know who they play. That that's that. I, I think when I look at them and I look at Illinois, I think Illinois is a better team because of the teams they play. Right now, they're going into that. Uh, you're going into the conference tournament right now. You have Illinois three, Michigan four, Iowa five, and Ohio State number nine. That's uh, that's one hell of a conference it tournament. Really is. They have that they uh, that they have right now. And uh, I mean, I think it's Michigan or Illinois that get the uh, that get the ones. I don't know. If, I mean, if I don't know if Alabama jumps in there and yeah, I don't think so. I, you know, Alabama had a bad loss earlier this year. And, and it really made people wonder how good they actually were. Uh, and, and maybe you don't take that into account, but I, I really think Illinois is a better team than, than Michigan. Um, and here's the other thing you might want to take into account. Um, the, the proximity of Michigan to Indiana compared to Alabama and Indiana, considering everybody's going to be there. Now, I don't think they're going to have a lot of fans, but they're going to move the needle as far as ratings are concerned. So, I mean, there's so many things that go on in the back room of the of this selection thing that whatever they come up with, I'm just going to say, okay, I, I can live with it because I get it and how challenging it's been. So let's just play and see what happens. So you have, uh, I mean, Mizzou will be in there. Mizzou will be somewhere six, seven seed, whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll get in no matter what they do. And the only thing, if they go, if they have a run and win the SEC conference tournament, maybe that bumps them up to a four or something. Uh, but the, the big question mark is going to be slew. I don't think they get in. I don't think either. I, if they would have beaten St. Bonaventure, they get in. I think they deserve to be in. But I think you're looking more at slew having a number well, one. Well, let me ask you something. Why do you think they deserve to be in? You look at how good they were before they had that month shutdown. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look, if that holds any weight that you look and you say, okay, you know what? They, they played well towards the end of the year, the final two weeks of the season, they were playing a lot better basketball. They, they got shut down. I mean, they had one of the longest shutdowns. I think we saw in college basketball, a good five weeks. Was it that they didn't play a game? You have to factor in that the team wasn't going to be that great when they came back. 
do you weigh it as two separate seasons? Do you give them a do you give them a little well, bit of leeway? I don't think no, they will. I, I, I don't, don't think, I you think do. they're going to be a one seed in the NIT. I don't even know if I want to go to the NIT. And that's I, 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 think, I just uh, think for Slew in this situation. Okay, I, I I commend them for having a little bit better non-conference schedule. But I don't know if North Carolina State's getting in the tournament. Minnesota's going to fire their coach. And those are two legitimate games on the schedule that we all thought was going to really be an indicator of how good SLU was going to be. So they went one and one there. LSU beat Missouri, but we don't know how good Missouri actually is. So, I mean, I commend them for going out and finding credible programs to play. But those credible programs had their own set of problems. So we don't know how good they actually were. Um, and when you look at the Atlantic 10, it's just not a wowing conference. I mean, St. Bonaventure really hadn't been worth anything since Bob Lanier was there. Okay. And you may not even know who Bob Lanier is. But my point being, this isn't, and I'm going to borrow a term from Frank Husamah, this isn't a sexy conference. It really isn't. They've had some teams that have played well. Um, when they've gotten in the tournament, they maybe get out of the first weekend, but you know, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, so I just don't know where they stack. If, if SLU wants to get into a legitimate situation, they should be knocking on the big East door. That's a better conference. It, it, it's a regional situation where they don't have to go back East all the time. They got plenty of teams in this neck of the woods that they can play. They would create more of a buzz. And with that one spot open, they should be trying to get into that and make Schaefer to whoever has to write out a check by themselves out of the Atlantic 10. I don't think the Atlantic 10 does them any good. No, that's been a discussion for years that is quieted down recently, but I think does need to be revisited once all these schools are opening back up and everything's getting back to normal. They need to look again. I mean, it's, it's more, too, for travel purposes, yeah. too. It's just... For where they are geographically, it makes no sense for them to be in the Atlantic 10 when you have all of these other conferences that are in the Midwest that they could be a part of. And I mean, I, I know you don't, I know Missouri Valley is probably a step down, but it, it makes a lot more sense than, than being in the Atlantic 10. I, I think you can do more damage. You can get more teams in the tournament from the Big East than you can the Atlantic 10 and certainly the Missouri Valley. And I think the Valley has done probably the best job of any major mid-major conference in the country uh, and how they do business and how they went out and how they continue to go out and play good non-conference schedules. But I think overall the Big East is better suited for St. Louis U for some of the reasons you just mentioned. So with that open spot available, you got to go after it, man. I mean, quit making excuses. You know, go do it. And, and I think it will enhance your program. It gives you a lot more credibility. More of your fans can see your team perhaps on the road because nobody piles in the car to go go to LaSalle to watch the Billikens play. Nobody no. says, hey, let's spend a weekend and go catch the Billikens as they play St. Bonaventure, which isn't in New York City. So you you, you got to have some other reasons. So I, I think – I would rather see them playing the Marquettes, the Creightons, and teams of that nature that are in this area that they're familiar with, and they match up better against. Thanks for bringing up Creighton because I was actually heading there next. You, uh, it was uh, just earlier today that Creighton. It just it just so happens it's during the Big East tournament too. They lifted the suspension on uh, the on Greg McDermott, their head coach, after comments that he made last week, where during a uh, post game. Uh, um, talk with his team. He told them that they needed to stay on the plantation. Didn't didn't go over well. No, um, no you know, and, and I think the way Creighton is handling is, has been a joke. And it's amazing how everybody who does who looks like Greg McDermott wants him to be forgiven. Okay, and even to the point where they ran out the one guy uh, after the game who was who was non-white who was giving McDermott all this credit and Hey, he might be a great guy. Okay. But you know what? He crossed the line. He crossed the line. And while I am all about forgiveness, I think the way Creighton handled it, if you really want to make him squirm or make him really understand the, the depth of what he did, then he shouldn't coach. He shouldn't coach the conference tournament. So he got four days off. All right. right. He couldn't coach the conference. Just a I wouldn't practices. Let, yeah. I wouldn't let him coach the conference tournament. It's because just, I want I mean, to send a legitimate message on how serious this is. 
And for some people who, oh, well, he didn't mean anything. But, well, you know what? That, that's when you got to walk in that person's shoes and understand the impact of what it means. And, and we already feel in a lot of cases that that's the case anyway and how players are treated like they're on a plantation when it comes to college athletes. So in this situation, uh, I, I thought they could have done more to resolve this. I thought they failed miserably. And it'll be interesting to see how things go from here with regard to recruiting. It's just to have that in your, I'm looking here, Greg McDermott's 20 years older than me. So that's, uh, that's, you know, uh, a generation and uh, of that, but to have that in your vocabulary, I don't, I I don't think there's ever been a time where I have, I have sat and looked at something and decided that that was going to be that comparing something or saying, using the word plantation would ever come up in just a regular conversation. You have guys like that, or you have, I don't know if you saw the stuff yesterday from Papa John, his interview of, uh, of what he's been going through the past 20 months. Well, he brought it on himself. Yeah. I I got, he's been in therapy to remove the N word from his vocabulary. And it's taken him 20 months and he's still struggling with it. And you know uh, what? A good, a good foot in his ass would probably help eliminate that word in his vocabulary better than sitting on a shrink's couch. I feel that that should be a 20 day process, not a 20 month process. It should not take you that long for things like that. But then it just, it just, I I mean, I I feel like I shouldn't be shocked by this point, but I still am when I see stories like that of what some of these, you know, coaches or men in power are are going through with that. And I guess we, we close it out with Les Miles, who this morning it was announced that he wasn't going to be coming back to Kansas, which, well, I don't, know what, I don't know what Kansas was hoping to accomplish with bringing him in in the first place. I mean, they, yeah. they just need to get rid of that football program. They it's they, a they, joke of a football program to begin with, but after the uh, creepy allegations from Les Miles at LSU, uh, they have decided to mutually part ways. Well, what is he three and eighteen since he's been there? It's, he, I mean, he, never gonna change. he had the second worst record in the five years, in the last five years in college football. Nick Saban uh, wouldn't win a Big 12 title at, at Kansas. Nobody can. Uh, and no. You know what? They ought to consider. No, I said nobody can win at Kansas. Um, maybe they ought to go club football. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the last great player from Kansas. I don't want to say Gale Sayers. Akeem Tlaib. The cornerback. The yeah. yeah. Okay. Was he a transfer? Did he go to Juco first before he went there? <laughs> I can't imagine a guy that good could stay there for four years and get noticed. I, would he have been? I mean, God, who was the the big coach that looked like the Orange Bowl? Mark mascot? Mangino. Yes. Mark Mangino. Yeah. I mean, did he? Well, you know, he and uh, – I don't know. You know, Mangino had his moments there because he and Roy couldn't get together on a parking spot. You know, you ever hear that story? No. Well, he and Roy Williams didn't get along because he took Mar- uh, Roy Williams' parking spot at the athletic center. And I guess it was, because it was closer to the door. And if you look at Mangino, you can understand why he so wants you, a shorter walk. Yeah, you you say it. I was I was thinking it. Yeah. All right. Uh, but they have uh, – well, wait, wait a minute. Charlie Weiss. Didn't Charlie Weiss coach there too? He, I mean, he was there for a while. I don't know yeah. if you'd call that I mean, they, they, they spent millions of dollars on coaches. So that should tell you something. And it's basically the place to go to die because I haven't heard much of Charlie Weiss because he's too busy counting money and Mangino. I haven't heard from since. And we won't hear from Les Miles. He'll go away. I'm sure they gave him a quiet package, probably not the one, you know, and this is what happens. I think they fired him for cause. So maybe they give him his base salary. And normally when you get fired in these college situations, they say he's making $8 million a year. Well, no, he really isn't. Uh, as far as the university's responsibility, he gets a base salary that's commensurate to the highest paid individuals in the faculty or in the administration. And the rest of that money is like TV money, shoe deals, other things that you can do. Boosters kick in. So they're not on the hook for that. So I would imagine maybe they gave less part of his last salary and said, see you later. And maybe he'll sue. And if he does, then they'll take him to court and bring out all the other dirty laundry. So Les will just go home somewhere. He's 67. I hope he's made enough money where he can do something else. As I said, maybe I I don't know if it's, you know, maybe a year or two, he'll pop back up on the SEC network. No, he won't. You don't think it'll be in a few years? No, I think a guy like that, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, Marshall Falk got wrongly accused, and we haven't heard of him. 
Warren Sapp was accused. I don't know where that ended up, but we know he's not on TV anymore. I think there's certain things you can't be part of and expect to have a, a second chance. And, and in that situation, I don't think that's going to happen. Hey, we uh, we told the folks earlier in the hour that the interview with you and Tim McKernan is up on the website right now. Two-parter. Part one is on InsideSTL.com. Look for the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Part two is up on Klaibs Online on the podcast. The entire video is up on the Klaibs Online YouTube page, so you can find it a, uh, a few different ways. So that's what we have up on the website. Are you and Rammer doing anything this week before the... Uh, uh, Selection Sunday? There's a good chance we will. The other thing we're going to put up is John Mozalock talking about today, the alternate camp. For those who are just hearing about what they're going to do, uh, we're going to have that press conference up for you today also. So we got a lot of good content, as we always do. Uh, I will talk. I'm going to talk to uh, Alex Ferrario a little bit. I was just about to say congratulations to Alex Ferrario last week. He and his wife welcomed a uh, welcomed a baby girl. So yeah. I didn't know he was. Uh, I didn't know he was back at he's it. Back yet. in the saddle today. So we'll I have him more later uh, today. He is recording. Uh, he's doing his show on ESPN 101 from under his staircase at his house. He's got it all soundproofed, and he's got a little table there. I think he's just sitting on the floor with a microphone doing the uh, doing the show there. That, that's how guys roll these days. You got to find a quiet spot. Never would have been done 52 weeks ago. Never, no, sir. <laughs> he would not have been sitting on the floor. Nope. Underneath a underneath a staircase, fifty two weeks ago, nope. but yet here we are today. Anything else? Any uh, any other plans for anything while you're down um, there in Jupiter? Any you running into anybody down there? No, no. I saw the commissioner the other night. Um, no, it's kind of quiet to be honest with you down here. I mean, I think COVID obviously has had a lot to do with it. You know about our lack of access, so um, it, it's just one of those things that we're just trying to get through it. And hopefully uh, within a couple, three months, we'll have a little bit more normalcy. And when we get to the all-star break, it'll be better. And, you know, hopefully we'll have a good baseball team to go along with it. Absolutely. They uh, they should be underway right now. Hopefully their starting pitcher is making it out of the first inning uh, <laughs> for today's game against the Mets. But that's going to do it for us today as we thank uh, Amron, Illinois. Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. And Munganash St. Louis Acura for sponsoring Lunch with Klaibs and Joe each and every week here on ClaibsOnline.com. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Joe Roderick. We will talk to you next Monday.